I'm Jillian Johnsrud, wife, mom of six, writer, speaker, and coach. Over the last 20 years, I've sought out the ideas, stories, and tools that helped me to become financially independent, to find work that I'm passionate about, and live with more intention. I know these will empower you on your journey. Welcome to Everyday Courage. so excited to welcome our guest today to the Everyday Courage podcast. We've got Bobby and Coral Hoyt. He is the founder of Millennial Money Man and Laptop Empire. And Coral does home design over on her very own YouTube channel that you can find at Coral Hoyt. Welcome, guys, to the show. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. I am so excited to share your story, especially in this season where we're talking about how how to live a life that's true to us and a good fit for us that leads on our passions and our interests because you guys have made a lot of different transitions uh, and you've done a couple <laughs> non-conventional things to get you to this spot where it seems like you have work that you really love and, and enjoy. What was that first career ambition for you guys? We were both teachers before and she actually, mm-hmm. she graduated college before me because she's smarter than me. Um, <laughs> But she, so she became a teacher and then I became a, a band director after that. So that was like the first part of our, we've been together since high school. So like we went to college together and then we both became teachers together. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the first part. Yeah. Was that always what you wanted to do to be teachers or was that what it was assumed you would do? Like, where did that original inspiration come from? Um, For me, I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like a senior in high school and I was like, guys what am I going to do? What am I going to study in college? I had done a preschool class in high school where we, it was kind of like a little daycare that came into the high school and the high schoolers, like we did curriculum and taught them. And everybody's like, you're so good with kids. Why don't you be a teacher? And I was just like, okay, sure. That sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was a little different. I was, uh, I was really good at band in high school And I don't know if I necessarily loved it, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. And so one of my teachers was like, you should be a music educator. And so I was like, well, I don't really know what else I would do. So I'll just try that, I guess. So eventually that's that's what I did and became a band director. Unfortunately, we got jobs in the same area. So that was pretty cool. So it sounds like you guys made kind of an unconventional choice to live with your parents and for Bobby, your in-laws. How long did you do this and what were those motivations? Uh, Well, we lived with them for four years after college. We even lived with them for about, what was that? We got married in May and we didn't move out of the house until December. So we even lived with them after we got married, which was very unconventional and very strange. It was uncomfortable. Was that for like family reasons that that help you guys financially? What was the thought process there? I think it started off as we were just kind of living there until we figured out what to do next. Mm-hmm. I had the $40,000 of student loan debt. She didn't have to take out debt because she's much smarter than me and did better <laughs> in school and all those kind of things. You know, we weren't married. So over at the time, it was just my debt. And so I wasn't even concerned about paying it off at that point. I was going to make the minimum payment. So I didn't, I wasn't into personal finance at the time or anything like that. And then maybe a month or two in, I don't remember the exact timeline because it's been so long, but that's when I started getting into personal finance and started paying off the debt. And so then I think we kind of looked at it as an opportunity 
to pay off my debt. And then she saved up for our wedding. Um, my dad took me aside. I'm so thankful to him for doing this. He took me aside because I, when we first moved in, I had a job. Bobby didn't. Um, and he was like, you need to be saving money. Mm. You need to take half of your paycheck and put it into savings. And so that's what I did because I was saving so much money by not having to have an apartment somewhere and all that and not having to pay off debt. So I took 50% of my paycheck and I put it into savings every month and did not touch it. Four years is a long time to live with your in-laws. And you guys are together, you're out of college, like you're kind of starting your adult life. You're getting married. What was that reaction from your friends, from your peers? Were they all like, you guys are amazing and you're so smart with money. We should do that too. Or was there any pushback there? The biggest thing that I remember is my uncle. He had come for something and he was just asking Bobby and I, and I think it was even before we were married or maybe we're engaged. And he was like, so when are you guys moving out? <laughs> just like, um, don't know. Yeah. As far as like friends and all that kind of stuff, I had a lot of people there like, why are you doing this? But I think there is kind of like an underlying story that we haven't talked about yet. At the time, her father passed away. Almost four years ago. So at the time when we moved in, he had been diagnosed with the disease called inclusion body myositis, which is very similar to uh, muscular dystrophy. It's kind of like in the same uh, family. family of diseases. He got sick pretty quickly from the time that we moved in. And so it turned a little bit more, at least I feel kind of looking back on it. And I remember at the time too, it was like it turned more from just us getting ahead financially to more being there to help. Mm -hmm. So that's why we stayed so long because her mom really needed a lot of help. You know, he was in a, he was in a wheelchair by, I think like the second year we were living there was falling in the middle of the night and things like that. It kind of was weird that we stayed there so long. Like I think when people hear that and they're like, why would you do that? But we felt, at least I felt really good about being able to stay and help Mm -hmm. both financially. We paid rent and we helped with groceries and things like Mm -hmm. that. And then also just like being able to actually physically help. And I think that was really a big thing. And we moved out a little bit before he passed away. It was maybe six months. Yeah. Six months before he passed away. So that was another kind of like underlying thing. We don't always talk about that, you know, but it, it was, it was a real reason, you know, why we stayed so long. Looking back, I'm so thankful for all of that time yeah. that we spent there because it's so much more time that I got to spend with my dad that we wouldn't have gotten if we had not lived there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now for a quick word from our sponsor, as it is so important to have term life insurance, especially if you have a family that depends on you or if you plan on having a family that will depend on you in the future. While you are younger, however young you happen to be now, it's important to lock in that 20 or 30 year rate while you can get the best possible monthly rate. And the broker that I love is Policy Genius because you can do one phone call, one application, one agent, but get the best rates and the best plans from various insurance companies. So if you're in the market for term life insurance, which is the kind of life insurance I always recommend, Go to choosefi.com slash term and apply today. I love when sometimes the things that we value the most, like family and being able to support family and have that time, like also line up with, with other goals. You know, you guys were able to, it sounds like pay off your student loan debt. And so it was kind of a, a win for everybody. 
Yeah. And I mean, we got along really well. It wasn't one of those things where we didn't, you might have clashed a little bit more with them sometimes because they were it's just because of my, my parents. Yeah. <laughs> my dad and I were so much alike that we would bicker sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, we had a lot of times where it was just like family night, like playing yeah. cards at the kitchen table and stuff. You know, I, I loved her dad. He's just an awesome person. And I, her, her mother-in-law or her mother, my mother-in-law, <laughs> uh, sorry. You know, I love her. We were really close and, and we continued, you know, we're really close with uh, her mom mm-hmm. now. So yeah. it ended up being a really, it was good financially, but I think from like a family perspective, it was a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so thankful for, for all of that time that yeah. like extra time pretty much that we got. So tell me about what this looked like from being slightly disinterested in personal finance to where now you are motivated to pay off your debt and you kind of, it sounds like you kind of start getting into this topic. Well, I mean, for me, what happened, uh, they have a family friend named Jim and it was her father's best friend. And he was a, uh, or he is a swimming pool company owner, building swimming pools and maintenance and that kind of stuff. But he was really successful he invited us to go out on his boat one day. It was a ski boat and I'd never done that before. And so she was like, Hey, you should come with us. And so I met him and him and I actually like bonded pretty quickly. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and he was just like, you have to pay off this student loan debt because he was kind of questioning, like, what are your finances? Like, what are you going to do now that you graduated college? Like this was pretty soon after I graduated and got a job. And so he was just like, you're going to pay off the student loan debt. And fortunately I listened to him because I was like, okay, this guy's rich. So Like, I want to do whatever it is that he's saying. And that's when I really got into the personal finance stuff and um, started paying off my debt really aggressively. And, you know, she had already been saving. Her parents Mm -hmm. were very, very frugal. um, Yes, (laughs) my whole life. Yeah. So she had that stuff kind of built in where I didn't. My parents, we didn't really talk about money a whole lot. My dad is an engineer at NASA. He does really well. And my mom was a secretary. But we just never really talked about money, you know, so it wasn't really something that I, I thought or cared about very much. You know, I was like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm not gonna make much money anyway. And so then I got like way into it and paid off the debt. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I want to tell more people about it. I love this in the, okay, now you're getting passionate about personal finance and paying off your debt. Where are things at in your teaching degrees? I imagine you're working. How is that going? Because it sounds like for both of you, you were like, sure, that sounds good enough. Might as well start somewhere. How was the reality of being a teacher actually landing? It was a lot of hard work. (laughs) (laughs) I loved kids and loved teaching so much, but I was, college did not prepare me for how much work and time you spend as a teacher. I remember going. And for him, it was even more time because of being a band director. Like I remember on Friday nights, I would go to football games just to hang out with him (laughs) so that I could see him. That's crazy. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember she was, you were stressed out early from teaching because she taught in a a pretty hard school district. Yeah. My first year I did, I taught in a district that was a little bit more challenging and it was it was hard and there were lots of tears and (laughs) (laughs) lots of, uh, wow, this is so much harder than I expected it to be. Yeah. And I think really from the outside perspective, it it just seemed like that school district, the first one that you were at, didn't, they didn't, some school districts support teachers a little bit better and have Mm -hmm. more guidance for teachers and and are more helpful. And I think 
especially like being a first year teacher, it's really hard. Being a first year teacher sucks. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. And so I just remember helping her grade and like oh we'd all, God, and her yeah. parents too, we'd all sit at the kitchen table and we'd help <laughs> her grade because there was so much, it was. Yeah. I conned them all into, into grading <laughs> for me. I'd be like, okay, you grade this and you grade this and you grade this. Cause I was just, I was just trying to keep my head above water and just be able to make it through the week and make sure that I did everything I needed and got my grades done. Yeah. My first year was hard. Every teacher's first year is hard for me. I just, it was the amount of hours cause I was working 70, 80 hours a week. Easy. The first year was like, I was still passionate about it and I really enjoyed it. But then as it got into year two, I started realizing that I should have done something else because looking back on it now, I realized i was always supposed to be an entrepreneur mm. because I can't, I am terrible at listening to people and doing what people will tell me to do. Like, I just can't, I'm not good at it. And so my boss would tell me things and I'd be like, that's stupid. There's a better way to do that. That coupled along with the fact that I felt like I didn't make enough money. And I was bitter about that. I remember being just very like, not happy with like, man, I'm working my butt off and my raise every year is less than the rate of inflation. Like I'm losing money every year. It's crazy. And I don't know if it was like this for you, but most teachers just don't talk about it because money is such a negative thing when you're a teacher because you're like, yeah, we don't make a lot. I remember saying something to my boss one time and he was like, ah, don't think about how much you make. Like, you'll never be happy if you do that. And I was like, <laughs> dang, that sucks. <laughs> you know? So that's year two is when I was starting to think like I need to do something else. So what did that transition look like? You're both confronted with the realities of maybe this isn't the perfect fit. What helped you and enabled you to make a change? I mean, I caught everybody off guard with it. And I think because I just came home one day and I was, I don't remember why I was so over it, but I just came home one day and I was like, I want to quit my job. She pretty much was just like, okay, we'll make it work. And we had saved up money. So after I paid off my student loans, like she saved up for the wedding and then, you know, we could have like moved out, I guess, and changed our lifestyle. But because of what was going on with her dad and everything, we, we just stayed and just started putting money away. So we had saved up a good chunk of money. And so that helped, you know, I always try to tell people, cause I, I just went in and quit my job the next day, <laughs> like after we had that conversation. And I always try to tell people now, like, don't do that. That's not a great way to do it because I had started Millennium Money Man, but I hadn't made any money from it. Like I had made seriously about $3 from Google AdSense. And, uh, I was like, that's screwed. I'm just going to quit my job and make this blog thing work. And I don't know if I'm kind of curious to hear your perspective on like what you thought Cause I remember your mom came in while we were talking about that and I told her about it and I felt like she was just like, Oh, my daughter married an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you remember it, but I just remember her not being happy about that. The funny thing is the way that I remember it is you telling me and I was just like, okay. Like there was no question in my mind. Like we could do it. We could make it work and it was going to be totally fine. I had total piece about it, which is insane looking back at it, but I had absolutely no issue with it. And I don't know if he mentioned when he started saying it, like this was a couple of months before we got married that he's telling me this. <laughs> like yes. We've already, like, we have a date, we've got a venue, we're ready to go. And then he's like, I want to quit my job. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I love this kind of trajectory because I think it can be so powerful, like paying off debt, learning to save, learning to be good with money, it allows you to make some of these transitions, you know, as you figure things out and as you're like, oh, actually, that maybe that wasn't the best fit for me. 
I'm curious because, Coral, you eventually did step away from your job. What did that second transition look like? For the first one, I see like you paid off debt, you'd saved a little bit, you were sticking with your job. Where were you guys before you decided to be like, actually, maybe this isn't the right fit for me? Really, the big thing was I, while he's building the business and I'm continuing to work this job, we got a couple of years in and we decided, okay, at some point, the business will be making enough money to where if I want to, I can quit my job too. And then the last year that I was working in that position, that was year three after going into year three, after he quit his job, I started the school year knowing that most likely that would be my last year. I decided if I can quit my job and do something else that I have control over that I'm really passionate about or that I love, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. So we did spend a lot of that year knowing and preparing mentally for that transition for me to quit my job. Yeah. The business had gotten to a point where it was just millennial money man at that point. It was doing pretty well, but I was still in this place. And I think every entrepreneur is in this place a lot where I was still scared all the time that it was going to fall apart. You know, like I'd make good money one month and I was like, Oh man, like, am I going to do it again next month? And it was like every month I remember it like reset and, uh, one of the reasons that I really felt strongly, I don't know if I was like 100% ready to tell her like, Hey, you can quit your job. But she had dealt with me through all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like you really, a lot of people don't maybe realize this. I don't know. But um, if you're married to somebody that's an entrepreneur, uh, it's like you're their therapist. She had to really calm me down. Even like this morning, like happens all the time where I'm like, I have so many things going on. And at this point I own so many businesses and there's so many moving parts and it's gotten kind of crazy sometimes you're just worried that everything's not going to work out. And so she had helped me so much that I felt like even if it was going to be a little bit scary, like I was just going to tell her like, look, you can quit your job. You did this for me. Like you helped me quit my job. So I want to help you quit your job and we'll just make it work. And then fortunately it was like right after that, we started laptop empires and it like crushed. And so then it, it was like, okay, cool. Now we can definitely do this. But at the time it was, I was still scared. I didn't know if it was a good idea or not, but I was like, well, we'll make it, make it work. Mostly because what I found is like when you're really scared about things, at least me, that's when I get the most stuff done in my business. When I'm like terrified, I'm like, that's when I innovate, you know, and that's when I like go and do make things happen because I'm, you know, I guess it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I don't know if everybody's like that, but anyway, she dealt with me for a long time. She deserved it. (laughs) So Coral, you quit your job. You're going to go and be able to help Bobby and his business. He has a lot going on. What did that look like? How did that transition go? Before I had quit my job, I had actually started helping Bobby with Pinterest and it just kind of happened. Like I just started doing it probably over the summer. Like when I wasn't working, I was thinking like, oh, let me, let me help him with something. Like I want to do something to help the business. So once I quit, I started really, really diving into Pinterest and I took a bunch of Pinterest courses. I started learning even more about Pinterest and fully running Pinterest for him and trying to make Pinterest grow for him because it wasn't something that he knew anything about or had any interest in and was something that I could do and that I was knowledgeable about that I could help with. So it was just kind of the most 
natural thing for me to start helping him with because it just seemed like, yeah, you know, I've quit my job. I need, I need to do something. Let me help. Let me work with him. Yeah. I could tell she didn't like it at all (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it was one of those things where I know from experience, just going from working at a job and working like full time and then working from home or just going home. This probably relates a lot to the fire movement and people that have retired and things like that. It's a weird transition going from full-time working to just being at home. So I was trying to give her something because I was a little bit concerned, like, is she going to get depressed? Is she going to lose like purpose and all that kind of stuff? Because that happened to me when I quit my job uh, to run Millennial Money Man. Like I was like lost for a while. I didn't like telling her what to do. You know, like I didn't like her like working for me because it felt weird because it's a different dynamic than just being married. And so I think, you know, that and then eventually she was like more vocal about like, yeah, I don't really I don't care about this as much as you do. And like, I'd rather do something else or I don't want to do this. I don't remember how that worked. Yeah, I don't either. I think it was a slow transition of me starting to dread (laughs) doing Pinterest. Like I, it just seemed like it started to seem like a chore and something that I didn't want to do, but I felt guilty for not wanting to do it. And so luckily Bobby kind of realized and like noticed that he knows me so well that he, he could tell that I wasn't enjoying it and didn't like it and suggested that I do something that I enjoy, that I'm passionate about. But it was hard for me because I felt guilty. Here he is. He's let me quit my job and I'm supposed to help him. I'm supposed to do what I'm to help grow the business. And I felt guilty for not enjoying it. We'll be right back after a quick word from Chase Sapphire Preferred Card. It is a fantastic travel rewards card, but we really love it for the cash back. And right now, after you hit your minimum spend, you can convert those points to $600 in cash back, or you can save them to use them for travel reward points later on 2021 when you're traveling and flying and going to hotels again and all that fun stuff but I love that it gives you the flexibility. So if you have good credit and you use it responsibly, I would head to choosefy.com slash CSP, which stands for Chase Sapphire Preferred, and check out that great travel rewards card. People think that if you step outside your comfort zone and you're really gonna grow, then everything's just so amazing and perfect. Now you're living the dream. And the reality oftentimes looks like I step outside of my comfort zone and and I'm uncomfortable. I'm outside yeah. of my skill set. I'm outside of the familiar. I'm outside of what I've known. And it's messier out there. Definitely. And, and now really just watching her work on, on the stuff with Pinterest. She might have done some other stuff too. I don't really remember at this point. But I just remember going like, this isn't why we did this so that she could do something she doesn't like doing. You know, the whole point, like she helped me quit my job. And so I wanted to help her quit her job and do whatever she wanted to do because I was doing what I wanted. And so, you know, once it was like pretty clear, like, okay, she doesn't really want to work for me, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) we need to figure something else out. But I still remember there was a long period of time there where you didn't know what you wanted to do. Oh, I had no idea. And I did, I started getting really depressed. It was when, people would ask me like what I was doing. I would, when I was still doing Pinterest, I would be like, Oh, you know, I'm running Pinterest for my husband's website. And I was just like, 
what am I doing with my life? I have no idea what I'm doing. I was getting so depressed and upset because I didn't feel like I had any purpose in my life. And I remember we were coming up on the new year. So I had been out of my job for about six months and Bobby was like, let's talk about the new year. Like I want to set some goals for the business. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I have no idea. Don't ask me about that. I don't know what I want to do. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, this is awful. Like I have no idea where my life is going. This, this sucks. Uh, fortunately, shout out to uh, Robert Farrington uh, over <laughs> at the college investor.com. We went to FinCon and he wanted to hire Coral to do some videos for him. I remember she just like lit up. She was like, Oh my goodness. Like this is such a cool opportunity. And that actually, I don't, it didn't end up really working out. But then after we had that conversation about the goals, she makes our house look incredible. Like our house is really nice on the inside and I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> and so I remember just, it was around Christmas time and our house looks so cool. Like she decorated the house like, and it looked incredible. And I was like, you should do a YouTube channel uh, just on like home decor stuff. And I think that was the thing that sparked it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it like started with Robert's suggestion because I was really interested in that. I'm like, oh, wow, this is something else that I can do that I would enjoy. And then you started talking about home decor YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And that was like the last thing that was the catalyst to make me start diving in and thinking or like starting the YouTube channel. Yeah. And she's good on camera too. I mean, that, that was the other thing is like, she's good on camera and she had done some YouTube stuff earlier. She had some random video she did on like, I don't know what it was, like, dry it, shampoo or something yes. that had like 20,000 views. And she had just like left, she made it and like left it, you know, and it had like 20 K views on it for, and she hadn't even looked at it in years. And so I, I think that she's just, it's a naturally good fit for her. Mm-hmm. You know, so she seems to really enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I love that because, you know, in one of the episodes this season, we talk about how do we find the things we're passionate about. And some of it's just getting out there and trying things and seeing what it is that you become interested in and going deeper. And I almost wonder because I hate Pinterest and I have no sense of home decor. My sense of decor is like, just don't have a lot of stuff and then I'm like, I'm right. winning, I'm winning at decor. <laughs> but I wonder if what maybe drew you to Pinterest was that eye for design and how things look nice, AKA why I hate Pinterest because I'm like, I don't know how to make anything look nice. I would have like the worst pins <laughs> if I was in charge of this. It would just be like text. I'm like, that's good enough. Man, thank you guys both so much for being here. I love your story. It's so relatable. And like, we show up and we try to figure it out and it's a little messy, but we just keep yeah. making progress. And I think it really demonstrates how important it can be to, if you're just like good with money and you work together as a team and you communicate, you can get to a spot where both people have things that are meaningful and enjoyable and kind of fit the life that you're trying to create. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks so much. I, I, I love what you're doing with the podcast. So this is really cool. I'm excited to see how your podcast grows, especially because you have such a cool setup in the background. <laughs> <laughs> in the audience, if you want to learn more about what they're doing, I would check out Bobby Hoyt has Millennial Money Man for like all things personal finance or Laptop Empires, 
as the name implies, you can build your own little empire via your laptop. And he has great side hustle stuff there, also with his podcast. And if you love home decor, or if you're home decor challenged like I am, I would definitely check out Coral Hoyt's YouTube channel and get some inspiration. I think this is a great example of we don't have to be perfect to make progress. We just have to be a little bit more courageous every day because adventure awaits. If these ideas are what you needed today, hit subscribe. But if you want to go further, go to choosefy.com slash courage. We've created free resources to walk you through this journey, to take these ideas and to transform them into action and results in your life. Invite a friend, your sister, a partner to join you on this adventure. Get your free resources at choosefy.com slash courage. Let's do this together. Let's get started.